0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm with Mike. And before we get started today, we just want to remind you to please download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. It is the only app you need to become your own expert and dominate fantasy football. It has every single stat you need for fantasy po- football, including in the offseason right now, where you can get the extra edge going into next season. And on top of that, you could join Patreon. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy is where you could support the show. And uh, you're about to hear the update. We're going to scale back the pods a little bit right now because it is the offseason. But we were always available for our patrons on our Discord, one of the many, many perks you get over at Patreon. Plus, you get to support the show, so please do so. Remember, download the app, support the show. And if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe. Uh, today, we are looking at the NFL draft. We are one week removed, so we have nice, we've digested, We've sat down, we've taken our thousand steps, and we're ready to turn it into energy. You
1: know what I'm Undraft. saying? Undraft.
0: Yeah, it was. And we're going to get into it, our winners and losers, right after we begin. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by BrodoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Oh, we are post-draft, baby. We are post-draft. Michael, how are you feeling after that, uh, like you said, that pretty fun draft to
1: watch? Yeah, a lot of trades. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of question marks throughout the entire draft. You didn't know who was going to go where. I mean, Will Levis had steam to be the number one overall pick the day before the draft because of some Reddit guy. (laughs) Like it was about as wide open as it's been in recent memory. Um, Even the number one overall pick, like it was expected to be Bryce young, but like if it wasn't Bryce young, I don't think it would have been like the most shocking number one overall pick change ever. Kind of like when Sam Darnold was supposed to be the number one overall pick. And then ended up being Baker Mayfield type of action. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, Fun draft, a lot of, tra- I think they broke the NFL record for most trades in an NFL draft, actually, which, gotta love that. So, yeah, it was a fun time. Some teams had a good draft, some teams more questionable, some picks were shocking. We're going to be talking about some of it.
0: <laughs> uh You know, before we get started today, I want to talk about, I have a little rant, but before I get into my rant, <laughs> I, I want to say this. Number one, like I said in the opening, we're going to be scaling back a little bit for the offseason. Uh, we're still going to be coming to you every week, but the two episodes that you've become accustomed to every week uh, are not going to be the case. It's going to be a one episode a week situation. Uh, every other week, me and Michael will be on the mic. And every other, other every other week, the Dynasty Don, Matt Ward, which if you have not listened to yet, go check out his um, recap of the draft. He has two very good guests on uh, that know their stuff when it comes to Dynasty. They talk, they talk like a different language uh, to Dynasty. That's how they know. Um, that's how you know they're, they've been in it for a long time. Like when you speak the language, that's how you know. Uh, yeah, like, like when you live in a place, if you speak the language and it's not your language, you're a resident. Uh, so he's a resident in Fantasy in Dynasty. So he's going to be on there, and then me and Michael will be on there. Uh, and that'll probably lead us up to, you know, when everything heats up uh, and that heat wave, you know, coming, baby. We, we love that heat wave, 32 teams in 32 days. To, I'm saying that too, way too early. Um, way too early, kid. Way too I also got to put this on vibrate. What am I doing over here? This is uh, hey, it's amateur hour. A nice
1: little chime. Classic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Classic a little, uh,
1: yeah, a little news update.
0: All right, so I got two rants. Okay, I got two rants. The first one I have written down, I planned it. Uh, the second one, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. I wanted to rant based on what Michael was saying, so hopefully I remember it. But I'm going to give you the first rant. All right, so one of the most surprising things about the the draft was that Anthony Richardson went went fourth overall. Now, surprising to some, some didn't say it. And I keep hearing the same comp. And, you know, I get it because their throwing motions look alike, but I keep hearing the same comp of Jalen Hurts to Anthony Richardson as this, these guys are just like a one for one and you could take one out and replace one out with the other one. Like, Oh, you know, Shane Steichen worked with Jalen hurts. This is perfect for Anthony Richardson. Like I got to say, the only things that these two guys have in common is that they're super freak athletes. (laughs) That's literally the only thing these two guys have in common. When you're talking about Jalen hurts college career, you're talking about a guy who went to, to two national championships who almost won who almost, who almost got his team coming back from a ridiculous deficit on two different college teams, put up number one offenses on two different college teams, started for two and a half years in college against Anthony Richardson, who has 12 starts and never really dominated a game like that ever in his life. Like, to call Jalen Hurts Anthony Richardson is just disrespectful. That's like saying, like, eh. you know, it's, it's like saying, you know, Tyreek Evans is Michael Jordan. Just because they're both 6'6 and super athletic. Like, no. Tyreek Evans is not Michael Jordan.
1: You know, people like to get crazy with the with the comps when it comes to oh. the athletic ability.
0: Bro, Everyone's just saying that nowadays. Like, oh, he's the next Jalen Hurts. Like, these guys have nothing in common. Like, Jalen Hurts is a next-level human being. Like, that this guy comp, is a Terminator.
1: That comp hurts.
0: Get it? That just ruined everything. Get it? That, maybe my second rant is about how, uh, yeah, Michael... <laughs> Just needs to shut up. Yeah, I can't remember what the second rant was about, but I'm going to re-listen to this on my commute tomorrow morning, and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, fuck us. You'll probably remember.
1: It's probably about something we'll be discussing later, I assume. I don't know. I don't know what you were planning no, on. About no, it. I wasn't
0: planning on it, but then it just slipped my mind. What can you do? All right. You know what didn't okay. slip my mind? Okay. The things that we actually prepared for. Uh, the three winners. We have three winners and three losers. Now, we're not going to do it like other people, where it's just like, here's a winning team. Or here's a winning guy. No, we're getting abstract with it. We're
1: trying to kill eight birds with one stone. I mean, we did choose teams and players as well.
0: Yes, I mean, but not only. Not only. I have one player and one team. (laughs) But that's it. All right. uh, Michael, why don't you start us off? Because I am am the host and I say so. All right? So (laughs) your first winner,
1: and I like this one. This one was almost a winner for me.
0: The Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. First, and the this,
1: the Cardinals are your first winner. I'm not, I'm, you know, what? I'm taking a page out of your playbook here, Tim. I'm not saying it's the Cardinals, the team. I'm saying it's their trade with the Texans. Um, So, Arizona Cardinals' trade is one of the big winners for me here, which in turn makes the Cardinals a winner because that trade with the Texans is about as perfect as a trade as you can make if you're an NFL team not looking to draft a quarterback. The Arizona Cardinals were supposed to pick at, number three, and they traded the number three pick to move back to number 12 overall. They were also gifted the number three overall pick, excuse me, the number 33 overall pick and a 2024 first round pick. Guys, the Miami Dolphins didn't even pick this year in the first round. So 31 teams picked in the first round. The 33rd overall pick is basically a first round pick and they get The Houston Texans 2024 first round pick next year. The Houston Texans, the honorable mention as one of the big draft losers, decided they needed Will Anderson so much, a defensive end who, yes, he's supremely talented, but they needed a defensive end so much on a team that's expected to finish bottom three again, who is nowhere near ready to win um, and be a competitive football team yet. Dude, what... And now they just—they're giving away their next year's first round pick for Will Anderson. Like we saw, Miles Garrett, like he was a huge thing. Javion Clowney, he was a huge thing. Like, did these players automatically make their uh, the team that they Miles joined? Garrett.
0: Miles Garrett. Garrett is a different kind of subject because he did. But
1: did they? No, no, he didn't. I mean, well, he— whatever. Yes, he's the dominant force in the NFL. Whatever, Tim. I'm just Jadavion saying. Clowney's more. You're saying their rookie seasons, they made this huge impact where they should have traded a future first-round pick for it. It's not like they have weapons on the damn team. Yeah, just absolutely abysmal trade for Houston. Great trade for Arizona. Basically, getting they were able to move back, and then of course they traded up back to number six to get Paris Johnson. Um, I mean, not a it was Paris Johnson, I believe actually. Yeah. And, you know, they, they got the guy they wanted initially, and they were able to get the 33rd pick and next year's first round pick out of it from Houston. Like now if they if they they're right in the hunt for the Caleb Williams um, lottery going on, everybody's going to want to be drafting Caleb Williams, who knows what the Cardinals are going to be looking like with Kyler Murray next season, or if they want to trade back again for an even bigger treasure or draft someone like Marvin Harrison, Jr., if they want to. Pass catching weapon, but they're right back in the middle of things now. That was a tremendous trade. Awful, awful trade by Houston. The Texans just continue to be one of the worst franchises ever. And, you know, you're you a little bit of a contrarian take on that one.
0: I want you to know that a piece of so the people, a lot of people like that trade. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Will Anderson, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on your, I'm on your side. In fact, like I remember what my rant was going to be about now. Cause you reminded me the perfect timing. Oh yeah. What the hell is up with the value of a draft pick? Like, yo, we have, we had a draft just now where people were throwing around second, third, fourth-round picks like they were just nothing. They're just, like, tossing papers into the air. There's so many. But in the regular season, you can't get a veteran. Like, people are like, oh, a a third-round pick for De'Andre Hopkins. Oh, no way. I can't do that. No, no. A a fourth-round pick. De'Andre Swift, fourth-round pick. You're lucky you got a fourth. Bro. You're trading these, you're trading, you trading next year's first round pick for a guy that never played in the NFL before. What, what is that? How does that make sense?
1: It's a rookie contract and all, but yeah, still.
0: Rookie contract for its second number two overall pick. Yeah. It's a, it's a large contract. I, I don't know, man. It's just like, I can't figure it out because, you know, if if third round picks are going to be super valuable, then let them be. But no, they, they these, these teams just like throw these picks around after protecting them with their lives for what so you can get another guy who's never played before that you're most likely going to get wrong because that's how the cookie crumbles
1: you get rookie fever man classic doesn't rookie fever doesn't make any fever. sense if i was
0: if i was a gm and i was a first time gm i'd be like all right i'd scan the league for whatever superstars are affordable and i just trade all my draft picks for seven superstars and then f- completely turn around my franchise <laughs> imagine what you can get For a first-round pick in the regular season. Imagine what you can get for that.
1: Oh, a shitload.
0: Yeah. Yes. But also Tim D. But then they trade it. They trade two first-round picks for a guy who never played before.
1: And I forgot to mention a 2024 third-round pick as well. Just ridiculous.
0: I I mean, I just don't get the value of these draft picks. I don't get it. Okay, someone explain to me. Like, I'm eight. Um, Another thing that I can't – I'm going to transition. Now, Michael, you go you good with that? Uh, are you done? I, I got into a rant, and I don't know you... all right. You're done. So, another thing that I don't understand, and Michael's about to uh, Michael's gonna definitely disagree with me on this one, but that's okay. Oh boy, here we go. The big winners of this draft were my boys. That's my boys. That's my boys.
1: Let's go. That's my boy. That's my boy.
0: <laughs> the running backs, man. Again, more people saying running backs don't matter. Well, I'm here to tell you that they do matter, and they matter now more than ever because now you need an NFL with 40 good running backs in it. The way that offenses work. Before, you only needed about 20 good running backs because you would hand them the ball 300 times a year. Now you have to... 400 times a year. Now you have to spread out the love, so you need 40 good running backs in the league. That makes them even more valuable. And... Two two running backs in the top 12 picks this year, seven running backs in the top three in the top three rounds. And on top of that, people are a, like, oh, there but is... there's a there's a small they have a small window for their career. They have a small window for their career. Well, guess what? There's been no more of a successful strategy. In, in the last few years, particularly, particularly since 2015. than drafting a running back. Within the first twenty picks. Let's call it twenty-four picks, right? This one I gotta give credit to. Um Fantasy Football 101 on Instagram. Since 2012, listen to the running backs and their rookie finishes being drafted in the top twenty four, which is the top two thirds roughly of the draft. Top three fourths. Trent Richardson was a running back seven in his rookie year. Didn't work out well with him, but his rookie year, very good. Todd Gurley, RB9, Hall of Famer. Melvin Gordon was the only bust, RB48. He ends up being an insane fantasy asset for years. Ezekiel Elliott, running back two. Leonard Fournette, running back nine. Christian McCaffrey, running back 10. Saquon Barkley, running back one. Josh Jacobs, running back 21. Najee Harris, running back three. And now you have these two guys, Jamar Gibbs and Brian uh, and. Uh, B. John Robinson coming in and they're going to, I look, I already know I'm so on the B. John Robinson train this year. I don't think RB one overall is out of the question at all for B. John Robinson.
1: Well, Tim, the, the issue isn't the running backs not drafting them early in the NFL draft is a NFL standpoint, not a fantasy football standpoint, really. Like, they're yeah, being drafted yes, that high because they're good. But it doesn't make it worth the pick. Listen, you take your, we'll be, we'll your nerdiness
0: later. for your later thing, all right? You and your nerd, nerdness, get out of here, all right? I want to put me off, man. my draft capital in the guy who touches the ball 17 to 25 times. Yeah, the you're
1: the old school idiot no, GM.
0: No, I'm not. I'm the guy who sees who wins, all right? If you don't have Patrick Yeah, Mahomes, the
1: Chiefs, the Bills— let,
0: if you don't have Patrick the Eagles. Mahomes, if you don't Boston have Boston
1: Scott getting half What do you mean? Touches? What do you
0: mean the Eagles? The Eagles had great running backs, including a second yeah, round Boston Scott draft pick. Is so good. Stop it. You're saying Boston Scott as if Miles Sanders wasn't isn't the starter there.
1: The Boston Scott the played starter. like 30% of the snaps. So what? So did Kenny the Kenny Golladay was just saying like No, cuz he was a
0: pass catching back and and they were and Miles trailing. Sanders
1: did nothing during the playoffs.
0: Stop it. You're talking yourself in circles. It doesn't matter. They still had a good running okay. back and got to where they were.
1: You're you're a silly boy.
0: No, you're the silly boy. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes on your team or Josh Allen, you need a running back to succeed. There's there's no that, – that's just what it is. And in terms of fantasy, running backs who won as well, guys who kind of were on the hot seat where if a rookie came in, then you don't really know what's going on. My biggest winner, Miles Sanders. I-, I love Miles Sanders this year. He's finally getting the role that he wants, and I think that he can handle. And he has a rookie quarterback or Andy Dalton starting week one, a young pass-catching group. He's going to have the opportunity to touch the ball a lot in this backfield. This is not the Miles Sanders that you got in Philadelphia. And your home leagues and everyone are gonna is going to be drafting Miles Sanders as if he's Miles Sanders ne- last year. And it's going to be a mistake. Another big winner, Damian Harris, uh, now with Buffalo. James Connor with the Cardinals. Joe Mixon, we didn't know what was happening with Joe Mixon's future. No running back added for the Bengals. Looks like Joe Mixon's on the way back. Nick Chubb, no, no, they didn't add anything to that running back room. And Kareem Hunt's gone. Tony Pollard, they, they, you know, they, they added a scat back. Tony Pollard is the guy there. Damian Pierce, another winner. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon re-signed. Cam Akers. The Rams didn't make any moves at running back. Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, Damian Harris gone and no moves made by the Patriots. DeAndre Swift gets traded into that Miles Sanders role. And I think he can succeed there. If you were a DeAndre Swift uh, uh, manager in Dynasty, he goes from being in the doghouse of a coaching staff and being one of three guys to now being, I think, what you can One of three guys. Yeah, but I think clearly you could assume that he's the main guy in that package. Like, uh, unless they use Penny as the bruiser, I don't see that happening. I see DeAndre Swift. His talent is just superior to the rest of those guys.
1: See, I don't know. The DeAndre Swift hive has always been overly optimistic about DeAndre Swift. He's never been in any aspect, really, a successful rushing running back in the league. It's been his pass catching and everyone gets hyped about. So I would not be surprised at all if Rashad Penny's the main Early down back for at least if he's healthy in the beginning of the season. That's fine. Give me a Rashad. Give me a DeAndre Swift that catches seven balls for 83 yards and a touchdown. I'll take it. Uh, every time. As every, if that's every... just expected. I'm seven just saying, for 83 and a touchdown.
0: I'm just saying. What I'm saying is give me the pass catching back who has that ceiling. What do you think? What? what? That's not a, that's not a DeAndre Swift line. That's realistic.
1: Show me how many running backs last year had a seven for 83 line. Out oh, of get
0: out of here with your shit.
1: All right, and then also I got two more guys. Like four for 29 is more realistic.
0: I got two more guys. Najee Harris, no one else in that backfield. It's his all again. And I think a big winner for me, a guy that I have some shares of in Dynasty, so I'm very happy about this, Rashad White. Rashad White survived. It looks like he's going to be the starting running back uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So running backs. In general, maybe Kareem Hunt ends up in top top twelve. I don't think Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt looked washed last year. Like he looked looked like it was over. Um. All right. That's it for me. That's my rant about about running backs. My weekly rant on running backs is over.
1: And I never get
0: one of the most important positions in the NFL and the most important position in fantasy. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. All right, Michael.
1: You're next. You You anger me. Do you want to do, do you want to do Next the loss?
0: We, we, we can just do this. Like, why, you want to just go off that and, and do your first loss? Or are you going to Yeah, I'll do my in. first loss. Why right. not? We can go. So, I'm loss just gonna loss. One to, so my yeah. loss
1: is the analytics crowd gets the L here because of how the NFL drafted. But this does not mean the analytics crowd is wrong. It just means they take an L. You know, sometimes teams take L's. You know, the, the Knicks lost the Miami Heat game one. They took an L, but then they won in game two. Sometimes you just got to take an L to get a to get a W the next time out. And the analytics crowd who didn't want teams or, you know, was saying teams shouldn't be drafting running backs in the first round, the over under in Vegas for running backs drafted in the first round was like one and a half or something. Obviously, nobody thought uh, people thought Bijan John Robinson, my fault, the the back half of the first round, Jameer Gibbs for sure, at least in the back half of the first round, there was like some idea that he'd go in the first round, but not. Number 12, like he did to the Detroit Lions. Um, so the analytics crowd gets the loss here because the NFL said, I don't give a shit what your analytics say. Um, we're drafting how we want to draft. The tight ends going early, the safeties, all these low positional value type picks and positions. The NFL didn't care and they drafted as if it didn't matter. So the analytics crowd takes the L on that. However, I still think it was a, a mistake by several teams drafting the way they did. I'm gonna get into the the Atlanta Falcons a little later on, sneak peek. But like there's just it was just wild to me to see some of the picks that were made for teams. Again, teams that like the Atlanta Falcons are in no position to you know, I'll talk about the Falcons later, but like the uh I'll talk about the the Lions, for instance, because you were talking about DeAndre Swift as well. Traded to number twelve pick. And selected Jameer Gibbs, despite the fact that he just gave David Montgomery a nice big deal and the fact that they had DeAndre Swift on a contract, who was then obviously traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. But I don't know, man. I just don't understand how a team like the Lions, who look like they're ready to be a very, very good team, um, had a great second half last season, could have bolstered their defense, could have bolstered their offensive line, could have got a pass catcher now that Jamison uh, Williams is out for six games. You know, with the with the gambling thing going on or four games, I believe it is. And instead, they take Jameer Gibbs to just be another running back on their team. And yeah, they took it then Matt Laporta later. Um, I mean, Sam Laporta later, a tight end. As we know, Detroit has not had success with tight ends in recent memory, for the most part, drafting them super early. And uh, it's just it's very odd. But that's the way the cookie crumbled.
0: For me, I, I disagree with you.
1: Yeah, of course uh, you do.
0: I mean, here's the thing. Could they have gotten a little better value on their draft picks? Probably because of the value. I, I, I do understand that running back and interior
1: linebacker are, are two. You know, these are two positions of. Right. The Lions also took that middle linebacker who's right. like an off-ball linebacker.
0: You know, these are positions that used to be, when I was growing up, like in like 2004, um, very, very high value. And they used to get picked very high all the time. Linebackers and running backs were... It was a different game. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like the fact that the game has moved away kind of devalues them the same way that a center is devalued in the NBA now. Like, yes, like a center, you don't need a center to really be good. But at the same time, who just were the two people that were at the MVPs, Jokic and Embiid? You know, you see how how much of a difference Mitchell Robinson has made in the in the playoffs for the Knicks. Like, these are guys. Like, it's a, it's a these positions have been lost, but people forget how really important a linchpin position this is, and that you need it. And the the Detroit Lions made some great moves in free agency. They got some high high talent free agents, high price free agents, in some key spots. I was sad that they didn't address wide receiver. I would have loved to see them address a little wide receiver, especially now that Jameson Williams is going to be dra- going to be suspended for the first 6 games, four games. Four games, excuse me. Um, I would have, I would have liked to see them add a little more, especially after losing DJ Chark, but I I think that was a it was a good one. All right, so I get the first losses. I get my first loss, right? Yep. All right, so my first loss are big wide receivers. Now, big what wise. do I mean about this? This is a theory that I've floated on this show before. Here we go. Here's a theory. No, I, don't think, I think you're going to like this one. The NFL is changing dramatically. The new rules have completely shifted the game and with it has shifted the wide receiver position. Like the wide receiver position was a position that everyone thought was like, "Oh, you can put together whatever wide receivers, don't pay big money to wide receivers." Now, Wide receiver is one of the most sought after and important positions in the draft. And I think that's because of the, the rules, the safety, and how it's changing the bodies of these wide receivers to the point where guys who used to be just specialty guys are now guys that can dominate the league. All right, let me get into the numbers of, of exactly uh, what I mean on that. Only one wide receiver this year was drafted in the first round That was over six feet and 200 pounds. That's Quinston Johnson, right? Now, before 2020, 2004, which I mentioned already, 2004 had the most first-round wide receivers drafted ever, six. Guess how many of those players were over six foot 200 pounds, Michael, out of the six? All of them. All of them. Every single person. And I know 2004 was a long-ass time ago. So let's go a little bit more, more current between 2014 and 2019 there were 20 1st round wide receivers. only six of those receivers were below the criteria of six foot 200 pounds. over the last three seasons since 2020 when things actually when really shifted the the um, the Justin Jefferson draft, there have been 18 first round wide receivers and just think about this in between 2014 and 2019, 20 first-round wide receivers. Last three seasons, 18 first-round wide receivers. So it also shows you how much these this position is being dra- drafted more, right? 13 of them, 13 out of the 18, were under 6 foot and 200 pounds. And the ones that were above were, like, just above. Besides really, like, Drake London, there's really no other guy because it's, it's like Jamar Chase was one of the guys that was just above. CD lamb was one of the guys who he's 62, but he's under 200. Uh, Justin Jefferson is 6'1", 202. You know so these are the guys that you're we talking about that don't fit the criteria, and these guys prove my point even more. The whole league has changed because now these guys are not just burners that are that go down the sideline and are, are you know are like Santana Moss and Brandon. these are this is not Brandon Cooks anymore. This is guys like Justin Jefferson who could be every single thing that your team needs. A guy like Jamar Chase who can absolutely dominate. C.D. Lamb, domination. The league is changing right before our eyes. And little wide receivers are the trend. And they were the trend in the first round this year. And I think that's going to continue. So my big losers for this one uh, put a nail in the coffin for big wide receivers being the bees knees uh, going forward for
1: me. Interesting, uh, Interesting finds, Tim. I like it.
0: Yeah, I did uh, I did I did a little analytics myself
1: today. All right, Michael. No, I don't, I wouldn't say it's analytics, more just like you know, just looking at looking Michael, at why,
0: hype. why why just let me speak, bro? Because uh <laughs> shut up.
1: All right. Uh Michael, who is your uh second winner? Going back to the winners, yeah. My winner here is a little uh comeback player of the year action in Geno Smith. Shout out to the uh Seattle Seahawks. Continuing to bolster that offense. They had six picks in the top four rounds this year. Two in round one, two in round two, and two in round four. In round one, they took Devon Witherspoon, um, fifth overall. And then they went Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, 20th overall. First wide receiver drafted. Set off a chain of wide receivers to follow. In round two, they took Derek Hall, a defensive end from Auburn. And then they took Zach Charbonnet from UCLA to bolster their running back room. And then in the fourth round, Anthony Bradford. O lineman, LSU, offensive line help right there for Geno Smith. So of their first five picks, um, Geno Smith got a big pass catching weapon in Jackson Spencer Jigba, who profiles mainly as a slot guy. He could move around. He could be, you know, the the guy who takes over for Tyler Lockett. Once Tyler Lockett ends his uh time in Seattle, obviously he's a different player than like DK Metcalf is, but until then, he could pro he could slot right into the slot there. Um my favorite wide receiver coming out this year. A lot of people's wide receiver won overall this year, and apparently the Seattle Seahawks thought so as well. And they took another running back as well to bolster that. It's, a, again, a questionable pick, taking Zach Charbonnet when you have Ken Walker already there, but bolstering their running back room. And then Anthony Bradford to bolster their offensive line group. They they took a center later on as well in round five for Michigan. And, uh, yeah, they're clearly looking to like they're clearly looking to make an impact this season they're not they're not like trying to rebuild or anything The geno smith is their guy and they went out there and they drafted as if geno smith is going to be a game-changing type quarterback and they got him more weapons so shout out to the seahawks and and geno smith who was the one of the best stories in the league last year let's see if he could uh repeat now
0: love it i love it I think the Seahawks, man, they are impressive. You gotta like you gotta love Pete Carroll. You gotta love that he kind of like won that whole back and forth with Russell Wilson. Uh they rebuilt after one of the worst trades of all time for Jamal Adams. Um, thank you again for that, Seattle. We appreciate it. Um, and so it, it, it respectable. And I'm gonna I'm gonna rebound off you here, Michael. Um, and I'm gonna go with my second loser of the draft. And that is Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Now, I know what you're thinking. Tim, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think that he's a, the loser in general because I still think he was the best wide receiver in the draft. I love Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Like, I didn't get a, a lot of time to talk about the rookies, but the fact that he was the number one receiver when he was on the field at the same time as Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson. and Chris Olave and Jamison Williams was in that wide receiver room for a little bit as well. Let's not forget that. The fact that he was the number one receiver with those three guys in the room at the same time. Two guys on the field at the same time. That tells me something. The same way that we knew Jamar Chase was going to be incredible because he was the best player on the field when Justin Jefferson was opposite of him. It's the same logic. And some of these logics are just uh, unflappable, in my opinion. I think this is one of them.
1: Some of these logics.
0: And so that's why it really disappoints me that he didn't land in a spot where he could really take over and be the number one guy. And I know that he's not a number one receiver in the sense of he lines up in the outside, but that doesn't mean he can't be a number one guy. You know, check out, you know, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Cooper Cup. You know what I mean? These guys are number one guys, even though they play in the slot. I think if he would have made it to the right team, he would have had the opportunity to do that. But, dude, like, I even no matter how good he is, DK Metcalf is going to get his. Tyler Lockett is going to get his. He's a Geno Smith favorite. And and people sleeping on Tyler Lockett, like at, at this point, can you stop already? And you know that Pete Carroll loves to run the football. And he got Ken Walker, and he just drafted a running back in the second round. Michael talked about the, the improvements to the running game that happened. I'm just so disappointed that Jackson Smith and Jake was going to be the number four option on the team this year. Now, is it great for Seattle? Yes, Am I out on Jackson Smith and Jigba dynasty long-term? No. I still think he's a great player. In fact, Tyler Lockett's a free agent next year, I believe. So that should be a better situation for him coming up shortly. But For this year, unless there's a DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett or Ken Walker injury, I just don't see a world where Jackson Smith and Jigba is a like consistent fantasy contributor. I think he could contribute every once in a while in a good matchup. But I don't see a world where he is consistently putting up wide receiver two or better numbers uh for you in your in your lineup. And that is disappointing because I thought that he could if he went somewhere like
1: Baltimore
0: or if he went somewhere like somewhere else that needs a wide receiver really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't I don't like the Nitrigba as a as an L here. Um I know he's heading to Seattle where they have Metcalf and Lockett, but I guess we could just hop into my second uh my second loser as well here, since it's relatable, uh, Mr. Ken Walker of the Seattle Seahawks, because I don't think JSN is going to be the fourth option per se. I think uh, look, P. Carroll's been passing more and more year over year. Last year was his um, highest pass percentage over the last five years with Seattle. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if that goes up again this year. Now that they drafted Jackson Smith Jigba, they didn't really use the tight end much last season so they could they could use help out in the slot and getting like they didn't use the slot much either last season so this really opens up the field for them if they want to get that um, part of the field more involved and ken walker is a loser for me because they drafted jsn which means they're likely going to be passing at at least the same clip as they did last year which was pretty high and then they drafted zach charbonnet in the round two who profiles as more of a pass catcher than ken walker does which means ken walker Would be stuck instead of a workhorse role, Ken Walker, which we saw at the end of the year last year, and more of an early down type of role, Ken Walker, which again in fantasy leagues with PPR becoming more and more popular, half PPR, of course, like pass catching is very, very important. And if Ken Walker becomes more of just a early down back, he's gonna that means he's gonna be a touchdown dependent guy. And like unless you're Jamal Williams scoring 18 touchdowns like Barry Sanders. That means you're going to have a lot of up and down weeks. Someone like Miles Sanders last year, we saw he had a very solid season overall. But man, oh man, was a frustrating starting him week over week because if he found the end zone, you were going to be very happy. But if he didn't, you were going to be very upset. And that may be the case now with Ken Walker, who I would have considered in like the top 25 overall players before this trade if they didn't add to that running back room. Now he's someone I'm not. Nearly as interested in, and uh, I think his stock is going to fall quite a bit um, as long as as long as Jack Zach Charbonnet stays uh stays healthy. I
0: I will say one thing: it, it doesn't really have to do directly with your take because I do agree, Ken Walker. If you're if you have him today, you are feeling less good about him than yeah. you did two weeks ago. Um, but I will say this: you know this is a this is a, a coach in Pete Carroll that drafted Rashad Penny. When Chris Carson was doing his thing, and the next the, the year started, and it was the Chris Carson show, and Penny was on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't think that you can assume roles right now for running. But I think I think Adams. it's
1: just a little bit like Rashad Penny wasn't drafted as a pass catcher. You know, Charbonnet profiles is more of a pass catcher type of guy. Like, he can be the the third down back there, which which is not ideal.
0: All for right, Walker.
1: I'm going to get into my last winner. My last winner is the
0: day two and three wide receivers and tight ends. Big bunch, kid. Big bunch. Well, I wanted, I'm i not going to say all of them because that would be ridiculous. But I will say this. There are a few of them. I didn't count the totals right now, but I'm going to do it real quick. There are eight <laughs> wide receivers and four tight ends that were drafted on either day two or day three. That have a legitimate start at being starting, a shot at being starting players on their teams next year. And for some of them, they have legitimate shots of being very, like, very involved, like maybe the number one option, which is insane. Let's go over them. Let's start at tight end, the day two tight ends Michael Meyer, Las Vegas. Obviously, they got rid of um, Darren Darren Waller. Waller. Right, So there is a spot there to be had. Um, then you got the two tight ends that were drafted uh, for Green Bay, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. Both of them have a shot at being the starting tight end, maybe both of them being the starting tight end. If you're looking at day two wide receivers now, Jonathan Mingo in Carolina, uh, a very um, T. Higginsy type pick here. A lot of people like Jonathan Mingo. And he can go in and slot as the number one wide receiver right now if he wins that job. Uh, wide receiver Jaden Reed in Green Bay. Uh, yes, uh, Chris um, Christian Watson did phenomenal, and Robio Dubs showed potential. But, I mean, if he outplays Dubs, it's not like they're married to Dubs. He could start. Rishi Rice, Kansas City. Kansas City right now, they're, they're starting – Wide receivers are Marquez Valdez Scantling, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore. Sky Moore. This is not something that's going to blow you away. Um, this is more it's circumstantial. Marvin Mims for Denver. Mims. It's said that Denver's not in love with Cortland Sutton. They're trying to move him, right? I know Tim Patrick is still there. Jerry Judy's still there. So this, but but if they move Cortland Sutton, then all of a sudden Marvin Mims seems a little sexier. Now you go down to day three. Day three wide receivers. Tank Dell with Houston. Apparently, according to Sleeper today, um, CJ Stroud, after he got drafted, said, I only have one recommendation. Please draft Tank Dell. Which, Michael, you're already shit on Houston. If the guy you just drafted number two overall tells you who to draft and you draft him, that's the biggest L of the entire draft.
1: I just <laughs> okay, Mr. Stroud. We'll do whatever yeah, you like, want.
0: All right. Like, the good, good. Good way to like make sure you have a spoiled brat at quarterback right away. Um, Jalen Hyatt, a guy that you were going to talk about, Michael, a guy that won the Bolitnikoff Bl- award. He goes to the Giants. He has Jalen another.
1: Hyatt was a day two wide
0: receiver, no? Day three, he's a third round pick, right? So
1: I keep forgetting so,
0: that day yeah, two is so that is so day day two it, it used to be day two was round two and three, but then they extended round two and now round three is in day is in day three. All right. So technically, you know, you know what it is. Round three. Yeah. He has a chance to step in and be the number one receiver for the Giants if he if he does that. Uh yeah. wide receiver Josh Downs in Indianapolis. Like he has to beat out Alec Pierce for a job. You expect that to be possible. And wide receiver Michael Wilson of Arizona particularly if D-Hop is traded, then you have Marquise Brown on one side and Michael Wilson has a chance to have a starting role. And he was drafted in the third round. So these are guys that were drafted in rounds that you don't usually, uh, you know, predict starters right away. And they have an opportunity because of the roles they got drafted to, to be starters. So I think big winners of this draft were, you know, it seemed as though the teams that didn't fill these needs in the first round we're willing to, you know, go and fill those needs in later rounds. So the the later rounds were very abundant for the wide receivers and the tight ends.
1: Yeah. I mean a lot of these guys are going to miss. That's just the nature of it. They're not going to uh be great in the NFL. A lot of them will be fairly solid, but it was nice to see teams with needs actually go after players that uh might be able to operate um in that offense right away. Like Jalen Hyde was going to be one of my one of my winners, but you know, Tim decided to go with day two, three wide receivers and tight ends. So <laughs> I couldn't choose Jalen Hyatt. Um, uh, going to Brian Dable offense that's completely wide open. The wide receiver room, five touchdown game against Alabama, as everyone knows, like caught a lot of steam. Um, what with the uh, with the NFL draft prior, um, the last couple months. So yeah, I agree with you, Tim. I agree with you. I should also I should
0: also say I forgot one person around a uh, day two pick. Tight end Luke Schoonmaker who was signed by uh, former Michigan, now Cowboy, right? You know that there's a there's a whole of tight. How end about them company. Cowboys? And he's 24, so on, on the older side, there are a bunch of old. Like one of my winners was almost old guys in this draft. There's a lot of older cr- prospects there are in this draft. Uh, 24 is is an older prospect. So um, he's born born in 1998. Man, that's so that weird. makes me feel old. Uh but yeah so anyway he's he's an older prospect 20 I'm 24 years old older prospect hey yeah these kids these days all right michael um who is your that wasn't my last winner i have a whole other winner who is your winner. your your final
1: final winner yeah yeah let's do it who's your final, my winner? final winner is uh josh allen of the buffalo bills the bills had six picks um in the draft this year two of them were in the 7th round one of them was in the 5th round so not great um draft capital there for the bills but they started off with dalton kincaid at number 25 overall who's supposed to be a pass catching weapon right away for josh allen um sean mcdermott came out right away and said that they were they're excited about kincaid because they're able to get him on the field and they're able to run two tight end sets now and have like a pass catching weapon out there as well during that time so it opens up the playbook a little bit more um, because as we know, the, the Bills, they their offense could get stagnant at times. It's there's only so much you could rely on Josh Allen to make big plays, especially when guys like Gabe Davis aren't like really doing too much. Um, like besides Stefan Diggs and that offense last year, they were very much in need of weapons. And Dalton Kincaid going there could be a nice help right away. And then with their second pick, they took Osiris Torrance of the Florida Gators and offensive linemen. So trying to bolster their offensive line. As well, which of course always helps out the quarterback. After that, they took a linebacker and then they took wide receiver Justin Shorter out of Florida, who doesn't have uh, great numbers, but he's a ginormous human and very athletic. So clearly, they're they're trying to help out Josh Allen here and just using their using uh, your first two picks. You are only two like top six picks. Like pick three was pick ninety one. Like they had two picks in the entire draft that are like really meaningful picks. And they went tight end, then all linemen. So clearly they're trying to get even more help for Josh Allen there. So shout out to Josh Allen and the Bills. Let's see if they're able to finally do something this season besides just lose right when they make it into the playoffs. I hope not as a Jets fan, but I hope so yep. as a fan of the NFL. The Jets um, will beat them in the playoffs for sure. My last loser. Loser. Tennessee. 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 Tennessee.
0: The Tennessee Titans. Now, they're a loser for many reasons, mostly because they're just bleh. They're just a bleh team. They've been bleh. Even when they're good, they're bleh. And they're a team that's completely in flux right now. Like, is this team going to win a Super Bowl or even compete in a division with an improved Jaguars team? Maybe because the other two teams are so trash. But are they going to really make noise in the playoffs or are they just middling? And this draft did nothing to make them any less middling. What do you do? One of the the bright spots of your team is quarterback, right? Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. So you don't move Ryan Tannehill. He's going to still be your starter. You trade up and take the guy who fell two years in a row now. Malik Willis, they traded up for him last year after he fell, after all the hype. Will Levis? They traded up for him this year after he fell after all the hype. It's like, I, it's like bargain. They're like bargain shoppers in the draft.
1: I don't, I don't have issue with trying to hit a home run on the quarterback position though, because if you you, do hit, like if Will Levis works out, uh, this is going to be an atrocious take.
0: Sure, but if that's the case, then why not just move Ryan Tannehill and go with Will Levis? Because you're because, oh, you you want him to learn. Well, it's not even that because the way your roster is built, like, what is he going to learn? He's going to learn how to lose his best player next year and not have any weapons. Because Derrick Henry, for, for some strange reason, is still on this team. Ryan Tannehill, for whatever reason, is still on this team. I would love to see Ryan Tannehill in an Atlanta Falcons jersey. And the real thing that happened is you didn't add any weapons to this team. The wide receiver room right now is looking Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook akine Kyle Phillips, Chris Moore. Like, what are you doing with that group? Even if Traylon yeah, Burks. They need help. Yeah. And they didn't do anything to, to make that happen. They didn't yeah, do anything that. to they didn't do anything. Yes, they got a they got a left guard. So their their lineup is probably going to be a lot better. But The rest of the team is just like this wish wash of blandness. And eventually you have to make a decision. Like, what are you going to be? You were seven and 10 last year. You haven't improved the roster enough to the point where you're what you're going to you're supposed to compete this year out of nowhere. Because why? Because you added a backup quarterback and a guard. Like when all the wide receiver options were available when you drafted all of them. Like, what what are you doing? You're either gonna sell out and start building, or you're gonna compete and you gotta put an offense together. This team is just like, it doesn't know its ass from its elbow. Like it doesn't know where it's going, if it's going or coming. I sound like my father right now. That's two of his most famous lines. But regardless, like, like what are you doing, Titans? Make up your mind. Are you gonna are you gonna tank for the number one pick next year? If that's the case, then why'd you take Will Levis? Are you going to compete? Probably not. Mostly because you have no weapons whatsoever. (laughs) Besides Derrick Henry. And then you take Tajay Spears. You take a backup running back. Like, they have all these needs, and two out of their top three picks were backups to their best players. Make up your mind. What are you doing? Now, if Will Levis works out, of course. This is going to sound like a stupid take. But for now... What the hell? What are you doing?
1: Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't disagree. That's all I got. That's all I got. My last one. Michael, finish us off. My final loser, the Atlantic. The Atlantic. The Atlanta Falcons. The Atlantic because I want to throw them into the Atlantic By the way,
0: Atlantic. Listen to this since you said Atlantic. For those of you out there, salmon lovers. You ever see anyone offering you Atlantic salmon? And you think it's because it's from the Atlantic Ocean? It's not. Atlantic salmon is far farm raised, and they created a breed of salmon called Atlantic to trick you. And they add they add orange color in there because it's gray.
1: Disgusting. Wild Go ahead, caught, Go ahead. wild caught salmon, folks.
0: Wild caught only. And if you like sockeye, I don't know if we can be
1: friends. Sockeye is just not as good.
0: It's overrated. There's no fat. That is tasty. Yeah. There's no you need the fat. You need the fat. Anyway, Michael, go ahead.
1: With that being said, the Atlanta Falcons, I don't care about any of their other picks besides B. John Robinson at number eight overall. Look, at least the Lions showed signs last season of being um, a very good team. But now we got Bijan Robinson going eighth overall to the Atlanta Falcons, a team that had Tyler Algier run for over four and a half yards per carry last season. Absolutely crush it down the stretch last season. Cordell Patterson has been on the team um catching passes and running and such, too, in that backfield. And they decide that what they need with Desmond Ritter at the QB position, a third-round rookie from last season who didn't do much um to, to show that he should remain the starter this season, they decide to go with a running back. Like, this is another team like the Houston Texans that are in no – that are just they're not in shape to to compete this season and to use a first round pick, a top ten overall pick, like at least trade back. Trade back, get more draft capital and make better picks later on. But instead they took B. John Robinson because apparently B. John Robinson is going to fill a need that they didn't necessarily need with the way Tyler Algier was running at the end of last season. Will he make their offense better? Yeah. Because he's Bijan Robinson. But it doesn't mean he's gonna make that team good.
0: Right now, Arthur Smith is like in a chair, just looking at this roster going, Mu-ha-ha-ha-ha. They said I couldn't run 65% of the time. Mu-ha-ha-ha-ha. I'll show them. That's what he's that I bet you they lead yeah. the league in in, in Russia because because that would I be mean, a if Desmond Ritter is that would be a good bet. Desmond Ritter's a rusher too. Yeah. And they were only a couple percentage points away from leading the league in rush percentage this year. And the Bears were the only ones that that were the other ones. And The Bears. The Bears were historically, like, terrible pass defense. I, I mean, pass offense. I will say this. I like what the Falcons did in the offseason this year. I like their additions. I like Jesse Bates. I like Joe Smith. I like that they showed up the what linebacker. John U.
1: Smith, uh, Mr. Backup Tight End, who gives a shit about John U. Smith? Because it helps the run
0: game. He's a great run blocker. It's not all about fantasy football. Uh, I thought I thought Mac Hollins showed some, so, showed some goodness last year. He'll be nice to have opposite of... Uh, goodness
1: gracious, Tim.
0: Look... I'm not saying they're amazing. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they made some under the radar pretty good moves. And I think their best move was they re signed their entire offensive line that was top five in PFF last year. So, I mean, I'm not betting on it, but if, you know, if they get Ryan Tannehill or if Desmond Ritter is the real deal, which for what it's worth, I like Desmond Ritter as the best quarterback last year, and so did Matt, then maybe you got something cooking. With a guy in the, in the backfield that's a Saquon Barkley-level producer. I I don't think that it's the worst move in the world. I see where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know. I think that there's some potential for the Falcons to compete in that division this year, especially because that entire division's in flux. Like, you don't know. you know. I know Derek Carr's in the, with the Saints now, but the Saints are a team that seems like on, they're on a descension. Um, Carolina is going to have a very, very young quarterback and you don't even know who the quarterback is with, it's either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Like, I'm not, I'm not scared of that. So they're going to have an opportunity to compete in this division. And
1: I think they're taking that opportunity. Dude, when was the last time? I wish I like looked this up before the draft, but I'm now, uh, before the podcast, but I'm now just thinking about it. Like when was the last time a top 10 selected running back entered a team and the team like drastically changed? The next season, like and don't say Zeke because they also got Dak Prescott in round four, who's a franchise quarterback. I mean, they had Tony it,
0: Romo though. It's not like they were struggling at at quarterback.
1: But I'm saying they also drafted a franchise quarterback at round four in the same draft.
0: I mean, the Chargers got a lot better. I don't. I don't know
1: the, the Chargers drafting who, Melvin Gordon. Not in there. Not in his rookie season. But his they rookie got a season, lot he scored zero touchdowns. They got a lot better, not because of Melvin Gordon. Let me pull up this list <laughs> to, to remind myself. Yeah, top ten. Najee Harris. Yeah, really it's changed it's that. Leonard Fournette.
0: Leonard Fournette made that made that team go. No. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley made a big
1: difference for the Rams. That was because Sean McVay's Sean McVay got there. Oh, no, 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 to, no, to no, no, Todd Gurley, year one was whatever. The Rams, and overall. then they got, I'm talking about the NFL, bro. I'm talking about actual NFL impact. Todd Gurley's rookie season, the Rams sucked, and then they brought in Sean McVay and they turned it around. Leonard Fournette, the Jaguars still sucked. No, they didn't. Yeah, they got they a lot did.
0: better. No, they didn't. They got a lot better.
1: All right, now I got to look up the Jaguars record. What, what are you doing to me right now? 2017 Jaguars. He wasn't drafted in 2017, was he? Yes, old,
0: first bro. in the AFC South.
1: What were they Boom, in 2016? Bitch. What were they in 2016?
0: Let's find out. 3-13, and 13, bitch. All right,
1: but it doesn't matter. It wasn't because of Leonard Fournette.
0: They went from 25th in points four to 5th.
1: It was because oh, of Blake Bortles. Man. That was the that was the huge Blake Bortles season. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, not? it was
0: because of Blake. No, Blake Bortles' huge season came in garbage time.
1: Oh, man, hold on. Yes. 2017 Jaguars. Blake roster. Bortles in
0: 2017 had 21 touchdowns. touchdowns and 13 interceptions.
1: Nathaniel Hackett, let's go. On
0: the other hand, Leonard Fournette had nine touchdowns, 10, uh, 1,040, hold on, 1,342 yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns. And Chris Ivory, as well, did some work. Blake Bortles, 322 rushing yards that year.
1: Yeah, That's Blake good. Bortles had a couple good seasons. All right, maybe, I mean, but still, yeah. Either way, yeah, it, but still, either way, suck it, Michael. Well, oh, you found one person. But let's go back to 2017 and look at the Jaguars. It was not because of Laren Shut up. And you're not right. You found one, like, instance out of, like, Hundreds where you're wrong. I mean, All right, I'm, I'm about to hang up on you. I put out I put out the line. You, you lost. It, and I real did it. In. You're the, I you're reeled the dude. I real did it. You know who you are, Tim? You're the guy. The, the who, guy who gets things right? Who tells people the New York City transit system is full with thieves and people who are ready to kill you because they got on the train once and saw one person steal something.
0: What the fuck are you talking about, bro? You know
1: the people who fucking make these anecdotal proclamations. That's you right now with the running back because he found one Leonard Fournette that might fit.
0: There's no anecdotals. compared remaining. to a bunch that aren't. No, because Ezekiel Elliott also
1: fits that that not
0: Dak Prescott does. No, that's that, that's incorrect. I, I bet you the Giants got a lot better in twenty eighteen. I don't actually don't think they did. Now that I think about it, but I'm going to, but I'm going to find out. All right. 2018, 2018 giants. Let's see how they compare to, all right. They were five and 11. So that's not uh not off to a hot start there for, and, and previous, they were three and 13, two games better. And their <laughs> offense went from 31st to 16th. <laughs> that is, that's progress. And then the next year, uh, the ne- the next few years, they lost a lot of games too. <laughs>
1: What I'm saying, though.
0: Yeah, but you know, the Giants are the a Giants. A team like All the right.
1: Falcons shouldn't be drafting B. J. Robinson. In his own. So. I
0: have, I have my last guy. My last guy is Lamar Jackson. We're coming up on an hour, so I won't make this too, um, as a too winner. long. Yes, as a big winner. Look, it's kind of simple. He got his new contract. He got his new offensive coordinator, and he got his new weapons. His new contract makes him the highest-paid quarterback in football. His new offensive coordinator, Tom Mockin. Uh, is a guy who spreads the ball out. Uh, he's going to be, last time you saw him in the NFL, it was with the Buccaneers when Jameis Winston and, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick were launching that thing all over the field. And then new weapons. Uh, OBJ, obviously. Zay Flowers, which might be one of the best picks. And uh, one of the guests that Matt has on uh, and in his show is absolutely in love. With Zay Flowers. Zay, absolutely, Bay, Bay. absolutely in love. Oh, I also forgot he was with the Browns. But he, he was like co-offensive coordinator with the Browns. By the way, offensive coordinator for Georgia the last three years. Georgia. So, obviously, uh, doing the right things in, um, in, in college football. Uh, also, the uh, wide receiver coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: The Jaguars.
0: Speaking of the Jaguars. But, yeah, I mean, you add OBJ, you add Zay Flowers. Are these guys going to light the world on fire? We'll see. But there's a chance. Better than the guys that he had. Uh, more weapons to surround Lamar, a happy Lamar, and I think a it's paid, paid Lamar. A paid Lamar. I think it's a win, 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 win all around uh, for everyone, especially for Lamar Jackson and his uh, fantasy health. Th- 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 that's all, folks. That's it. Mike, where could they find you? At Brotoff Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF F- Tim, Brodo F- F- Jason, Brodo F- F- Casanova, at Psych Ward FF, uh, at Brodo Fantasy, at FF by Brodo. Uh, that's all Twitter uh, and Instagram at Broto Fantasy, uh, TikTok at Broto Fantasy. Uh, what else? YouTube. YouTube. If you're watching us right now, thank you. We appreciate it. We're trying to grow the YouTube. You know, I wish they would have paid a little more attention to the YouTube, uh, to be honest. But we're trying to grow our audience there. So if you're listening and you want to check us out, you want to see our faces, you want to see uh, the studio that we have, the patrons. Uh, the got us, Hoodie uh, I'm wearing. That's right. The patrons got us a Ryan Tannehill signed jersey, the true throw value king uh, from his days at Texas A&M. So always love the patrons for that. Uh, our, and, we, we, you know, just come and check us out. Uh, that's really it. Uh, Michael, linguine with clam mm. sauce mm. or mm. Uh, one high quality, like high, high quality mm. pasticho. Mm. we need clan sauce or high-quality pasticcio.
1: Do people For those who don't know what pasticho
0: is, go Google that right now. Uh, Pasticio. How do you know pasticcio. It's How do you spelled know?
1: pasticcio. P-A-S-T-I-T-S-I-O. How do you just know pasticcio
0: off the, off the top of your freaking head, you weirdo? So, Michael, which one did you pick? What the hell? You're going to leave the people hanging? They're so never going to know now. I'm gonna go They're never the going to know.